Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to No Boundaries Podcast, where facts are facts and opinions hurt people's feelings. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review on the Apple Podcast app, on SoundCloud, on Spotify, on Google Play, on Amazon Music. Uh, and if you just type in No Boundaries in the Google search and you see our names pop up, subscribe to that shit too. It's Jay, of course. It's well on the other side. Well, go on, my guy. Hey, I'm good, man. That's that's some good advice to start the show off. Like half 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 the people listening, you know, that's that's the first way they're gonna go. Jump on Google, try to find it, especially if they're new to the show. And uh, hey, you you might as well if you get that far, you're close enough. So uh, to yeah, be yeah, to be honest, advice. I haven't googled us in a while. Actually, let's see what this pops up. Google me, bitches. We're the we're we're the first thing that pops up. Look at that's that. That's nice, man. That's nice. Apple Podcasts. Uh, yeah, we're number first thing. You type in No Boundaries Podcast, the first thing is us. That's a beautiful thing. That's dope, man. Yeah, it's dope, man. You know, you know, you know. Google probably would be more against us if they heard heard our content. Um, just because you know how Googler is. I said Googler. Um, which, which that's fitting too, because they're they're ogres of of censorship, but um. Yeah, man, that's dope, man. You gotta remember, dog. We 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 came here in an election year four years ago, bro. Yeah, that's that's how long we've been putting it down. You know, uh, ironically, when we came in, it was there was I believe it was the tax day floods in Houston, and um, I believe we're in the coast that you're in right now. You're dealing with floods, so it's safe to say that wherever you go, um, the floods follow. But uh, I'm not saying I, that the floods are in your city, but like I bring I said, the rain. I bring the rain. You bring you you bring the rain, man. Rain, rain, man. Yeah, rain, man. <laughs> Although you don't have any mental illnesses that I know of, but and I can't jump out yeah. the gym like Sean Kemp. <laughs> that that rain man too. That yeah, rain yeah, man yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. You know he got a, you know he got a CBD. Uh, he's in the CBD big time in Seattle. No, he's he's full on weed in Seattle. Oh, yeah, they're they're, they're legal up there. Oh. Yeah. He might got he got That's his CBD mixed with a little THC. Oh, okay. I was completely wrong. Okay, yeah, you okay? Gotcha, gotcha. That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, Clay Thompson is in the CBD though. Um, that was some sports news I saw recently, and um, I, I think it's a good investment. Definitely a good investment, just based on the fact that uh, I, just watching Gronkowski, you know, slowly emerge as you know being a top tight end in the league right now is pretty dope and a lot of people won't talk about it, but um, he is sort of a health fanatic and a guy of his stature. That's a, that's a complicated feat, man. I, we, we shit on Jason Witten from time to time, but like, bro, like these dudes take a year off and then go play professional sports with the top athletes in their nation. And they're able to 
to stick in there. But uh, for sure, Gronk was a uh, a big a big um, promoter of CBD. I think THC, regardless, because I think that helped them through the concussions and shit like that. Uh, but anyways, bro, yeah, that's. I imagine that probably would have helped Aaron Hernandez a little bit. Yeah. That nigga was bugging. That anxiety and that paranoia. That nigga was bugging. I know he smoked weed, right? I think he did, yeah. Yeah, But then, I mean, you know, the different strands of weed shit, that probably just made him even more paranoid, obviously. Touche, touche, touche. Yeah, but like I said, man, we're we're in an election year. Um, If you're familiar with this podcast, you know, we're societal critics for sure. Uh, I think some of our best content it revolves around relationships and just our perception of politics, you know, to be honest. And we honestly don't talk about politics to that length, but it would be a disgrace for us to put out an episode so close to Election Day and not talk about it and not talk about the things surrounding it. So uh, I don't know what Charlotte, North Carolina is like. But I definitely know what the north side of Houston, Texas is like, you know, spring for that matter. And um, I've seen I've seen quite a few what I would call sidewalk celebrations, people that are just very joyous for the election year and they're like excited about their candidate and, you know, even my son saw it and was just like, man, it's kind of funny. Like, in a sense, it's like, wow, like these people are really, really, really into this. You know, I, dog, I'm I'm 35, bro. I'm going to be honest with you, dog. I think maybe the first time Obama got elected, I witnessed something similar to this, but I haven't witnessed anything similar to this. And that's a long ass time, bro. That's, I think, 12 years or 12 years like that's I feel I'm not even on social media like that but I definitely feel the energy of people that are just really excited about their candidate and uh, and it's mainly Trump you know it's, main, it's mainly Trump you know and uh, like I said I don't know what you're seeing out there like what are you saying besides getting uh, besides getting your uh, vote early voting thing 17, 17 months late <laughs> well thing is I'm still registered in Texas for sure, for sure. So I'm 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 registered in Texas. I'm registered two addresses ago, but I'm registered in Texas. So and it and it's you know with Texas being a red state, you know everybody says that your vote matters. And yes, of course your vote matters. But the way that our voting system is set up, where the majority and the popular vote, or, or wait, that's the same thing, right? The majority and the popular. Yeah, I think you're looking for the electoral vote. Yeah, the electoral vote. The electoral votes and the and the popular votes are two different things and the electoral vote for Texas typically goes red. I don't remember the last election that it didn't go red. So my vote counts. I think sometime in the eighties possibly. Yeah. So my vote counts, but it doesn't count. But being in North Carolina, which is a swing state. So it, it, it goes either way. Granted in the nine, nine out of the last 10 elections, it's went Republican this, this year they say um, Biden leads by like a slim margin. So, I do see a lot of Trump signs. I see a lot of Biden signs. I hear conversations about each um, each candidate, you know, and that's just that comes from the line of business I'm in where I, I work with people who have Republican values and rep- their their voting lines up with Republican based on the way they live. And also 
I know a lot of people that go the opposite way. So being in a swing state for an election is is very different. Because in Texas, it's kind of like any person, any white person I come across, I could just say they're Republican. I could just say that with about a 90% confidence rate. Depending on the age group or no matter what? Uh, I would say no matter what. Okay. Because because okay. I, I, I see that a lot of a lot of people inherit their politics. I mean, black people, we just, it is what it is. But I see a lot of white people, they just inherit their politics. This is what their parents are. This is, you know, what I'm going to be. Now, again, you'll see social media where there are some kids that are going against what their parents um, have, have taught them. And I've seen this one clip where this girl, she's telling her parents like, oh, I'm dating this guy. He's ha- he's had a couple of sexual assault allegations, but, you know, nothing, nothing has ever, you know, you know, he's never been convicted. And they're just, why would you do that? I'm so disappointed in you. And they're going this and this and this. And it's like, but that's the person that y'all are voting for for president. And then they get the, come on, Faith, really? Really, you're going to do that? And it's like, I mean, that's that's the truth. It's kind of like when women say, be the man that you want your daughter to date or something like that, which I don't want to go down that wormhole because that's another topic. Uh, we should definitely cover that one day, though. But it's like being in this swing state. I could go talk to a white person that's Democratic. I could talk to a white person that's Republican. And it's kind of like I can't just go in there with that predetermined idea that this is how they're voting and this is how their life lines up, especially with the way that health care is in this state. How is health care out there? Um, health care is. A lot of people rely on, on government funding for health care, for their health care needs out here. And as far and that goes from, you know, pre-existing conditions to new conditions and also to some housing effects that they rely on, on government aid. And so with a, a Republican in office, a lot of the budget for those government aided programs is being cut. And a lot of people are, are actually going homeless based on based on who's in office. So a lot of them are voting. A lot of people that work in that industry are voting, voting Democratic because of that, because in in a way it affects their jobs. If they don't have the jobs to help support these people who are receiving the government assistance, then it starts affecting their bottom line as well. Hmm. OK, OK. And that's a big deal out there. Um, obviously, it's a big deal nationwide. I think it's funny when people talk about health care, they always a lot of um, anti-conservatives, I'd say, or for the sake of this episode, I'd just say anti-Trumpers because it just it just feels like everybody just feels if you're Republican, you support Trump and so on and so forth. But for the sake of this show, I'll just say anti-Trumpers. Um, it really feels like a lot of the anti-Trumpers feel that if we had this universal health care that this covid crisis that we that was started late february wouldn't be as bad mentally and um i I personally think that that's bullshit because i feel like a lot of the same shit that's happening here is happening in canada and from what i understand canada has a pretty solid uh healthcare system but if you talk to a canadian they, they tell you it's not all what it's you know you know perceived to be uh, what what do you think? Do you think that if we had this universal health care that 
uh, we'd be a lot better off and somewhat more prepared for a pandemic that people usually aren't prepared for? See, I, I've I've heard the same things that you've have heard directly from Canada, Canada's Canadians. Wow, <laughs> Canada's wow. Um, but yeah, like like we like to use it as an example, as a push. Oh well, Canada has it, and they're and it's great. It works for them. But then you'll talk to the Canadians, and it's like, I mean, it's all right, but it's almost like you have a nationwide VA clinic. So you know how how you we know talk, how that is. Yeah, we know how 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 those vet, how our veterans are treated, and that's basically how mm-hmm. it how it ends up boiling down. It's like, yeah, you got quote unquote free health care, but you know you go to these specific hospitals that take this specific insurance, and it's not the best quality care, and the wait times are crazy because of the amount of people that they have to see. Like people have to drive an hour plus to go to this hospital because this is the only hospital in their area that accepts their accepts their insurance or whatever. So it's in my perspective, and if I'm wrong, please somebody get in the comments, uh, get send us an email. I don't think it's all that it's cracked up to be. I mean, do do you have a reason to feel that way, or you just your intuition, your gut tells you that? This is just just my intuition, my gut, because I haven't, you know, I I have I have private insurance, so whenever I do okay. need to go to the doctor, it's it's widely accepted everywhere. I can get in, you know, at a reasonable. A reasonable time, you know, a reasonable price. I don't have an extraneous waiting uh, waiting period because I can go anywhere basically. So I don't I don't have anything to leverage off of except for my experience and and word of mouth. Okay, okay. Uh, based off of the, I would say the information that I had with my own personal experience of being on like a type of Medicaid, I would say, or state provided. Um, insurance, which I mean, I didn't personally deal with it, but you know, I, I've had dealings. I have a little knowledge of it, and um, I would definitely say, I mean, I compare it to any government-ran thing. I feel like once once the government takes a hold of something, the quality drops tremendously. Uh, we, we've seen that in many sectors that have gone from private to public, and uh, I feel like one of the ones that I like to point out the most is the TSA. Um, I feel like you can probably say TSA has provided a better safety net for Americans that travel. Um, but at the same time, once again, I still say the quality is iffy, just based on the fact that I don't think I met anybody that's never had a bad experience with TSA. And just from what I've known from older people, like, you know, pre-9-11, you know, they, they would tell me, you know, Traveling was pretty cool. It was it was it was a lot swifter. It was a lot faster, and um, we were treated a lot better. But then again, they were like, "Hey, but you know, at the end of the day, there were terrorist attacks, and mm-hmm. uh, it's a trade off. You know, it's like, you know, you do you want to worry about this type of shit, or do you want to deal with bitch ass TSA agents and at least get on your flights and feel safe? And to you me, know, and once again, it's to me, it feels like TSA is very inconsistent. Like the last time I had an issue with TSA, like I signed up for pre-check uh, a few years back. And so it was during, I was flying during the pandemic and they told me that it was like, oh, the pre-check expedites your body, but it doesn't expedite your luggage. And I was like, well, the part of the pre-check that I cared about was, 
hey, you don't have to take your laptop out and put it in, you know, these separate these separate cards. Like, here's one for a laptop. Here's another one for your cell phone. And because I, I typically travel with two laptops, I have my work laptop. I'll have my personal laptop. And it's like, all right, here, put this in one bin, put this in another bin and stuff like that. That's really what I cared about slowing down. Yeah, I didn't care to take my shoes off and have to take my belt off and stuff like that. I didn't care about that either. But at the same time, how can you say, oh, well, this is for for one part and not the other part when I signed up under the under the premonition that this is for myself and my baggage? Like you've taken my fingerprints, you know that I'm not on a watch list of any sort. So and I guess that might be something that that people experience going from, you know, hospital to hospital. But you do that. You know, I see one doctor and he tells me one thing. I go get a second opinion. He might tell me something else. So is that just society? Yeah, I mean it's society, but once again, um, if I'm not mistaken, there was some there was some bill that was just passed by Trump, where it, it I want to say it has something to do with with public with public um with state employees or public employees or something like that, and I just I think at the end of the day, like you said, it's a society. I believe it just has a lot to do with the fact that when you got money on the line. <laughs> from a private sector to a public sector, that money is a lot different. And the way that the way the, the I want to say standard, the standards in a private sector job are different from the standards in a public sector job. And I think as society, the people in charge, they see that, they know that. So the accountability is different. So once the accountability is different, you you get this, you get you get a different type of handling of of things. Just bottom line, like um, I, I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is just just thinking about public versus private. I think that when people are in public job public jobs, once again speaking on society, I think people in public jobs feel a lot safer. They feel a lot more uh, in the mindset of it takes a lot to fire me. It's a lot of red tape you got to go through. It's not worth it. And in the private sector, I mean, low key, it's pretty cut and dry how you can get fired and lose your job. And I think that that's, I think, and I think once again, a lot of that has to do with money. And I feel like the money that's poured into the public sector, yeah, it's a lot, but I want to say those bonuses in the private sector hit a lot different, especially if you're dealing with the um, publicly traded company correct those private sector bonuses hit crazy different crazy just, different hey. like people i might i might have to put some hold music on this after i after i go back and listen to it to make sure i didn't i don't give a little too much but um private sector just hits different because you make your own rules yeah yeah i mean yeah (laughs) i want to say that's really how jeffrey epstein got to the level he got to bro i want to say um that one of the reasons that he was successful was because 
he had so much control on the uh, he he had a lot of control about like you know how people talk about you don't get paid what you're worth mm-hmm. he had so much control over that and it just got ridiculous and it's like when you're when you're dealing so he got to the point where I think he was dealing with private and public but the fact that he was still dealing with private that money was just pouring in but those public uh I know people um I know a lot of people that that listen to the show are fans of the the show of the boys I mean they talk about it on there how like they were trying to secure that government contract for a reason, but that's just, yeah, that's that, that government contract. You you got to do a lot for it, but once you secure it, it's worth it. Stability. It, Stability. Like yeah, it, exactly. But when you want to reach that level of something that has no cap on it, that shit just, that gets you to that Epstein level, bro. Like I just, I, I'm just always baffled at even looking at like NBA team owners you know, you know, NFL team owners, MLB team owners. And I'm just, I just get bored sometimes. I just look at how they accumulated their wealth. And a lot of times that's what it comes down to, bro. Like they, they established that private sector bankroll. Those hedge funds. And they funds. had to get those public contracts. because It's necessary, dog. Like it's necessary, man. I, I, I know, I know it. That's something that I'm not well-versed in like i said i've always when i had when i have those questions i would always i'd always bring it up on the show to hear what you got to say because i know you know way more than me uh but the shit is just interesting from a from a green perspective and somebody that doesn't really know shit about it i just always notice those two things it's like bro when you start making that bankroll like it just it makes sense to to dabble in that industry there because that's stability dog that's just that's big time stability. And I think that as Americans, that's what we always that's what we always cling to, the desire to have st- uh, stability. And I think that's why universal health care sounds so great to people, because it's really low effort. And but it, it's there, though, mm-hmm. it's security, you know, and, and as Americans, man, that's if you if you're looking around you right now, you'll realize that, you know, people highly value security and safety, whether they believe it or not. Like they'll, they'll trade that shit for a lot. And it's, it's wild to me, but I still put security safety. It's all, that's all a part of stability because in the end, it, it means longevity. It means, it means my expiration date is, is, uh, is extended because I had this. And I think that that's uh, interesting to, to see with Americans. I, and I, 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 I'm saying Americans because Every time I want to say like people in the first world, I just remember that 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 first world mindset. To say the first world mindset shit, um, it's it's kind of degrading. It's dehumanizing, and I, I I used to think that that shit was just normal. I'm like, well, people in Somalia don't think that they're in the third world. <laughs> like they just they just realize, hey, I'm in Somalia, you know, this is this is where I am. You know, I don't I'm not a second world, third world. I'm 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 a part of the world. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so yeah, as Americans, but um. Trash Anyways, Americans. Man. Um, yeah, man, it's really getting to that. Now, I remember we put out this episode. I think it was called "Divided States of America." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like, I mean, personally, dog, I can't wait till this Easter Sunday of a political year is over, bro. Like, I'm really, I'm over it because I know that. You don't really truly see how divided we are until a year like this, until one of these years. Don't get it twisted. Like, 
the pandemic basically made a lot of people take their clown, they put their clown mask on, and um, you really seen how like disconnected we are. And I still, I still hold dear to the belief that it will take an alien invasion, an alien invasion, and truly unite us, because too many of us put a lot of emphasis on skin color, class you know, gender, like we, we put so much emphasis on that in a year like this. But once again, I don't care what year it is. If a force, and I'm not saying, I'm not going to say alien because people think I'm freaking crazy or whatever, but if a force were to come here and threaten our lives, threaten that security, threaten that safety, sort of like a flood, sort of like a freaking, you know, wildfires, like you see how quickly people drop their guards and they're like, I don't care if you're gay. I don't care if you're black. I don't care if you're Chinese. Like they don't care about any of that shit because in that moment, people start to see how quickly, how, how necessary it is to empathize. People will will unite in tragedy. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And it's, and I think that the concept of divided States of America is all due to privilege and entitlement. Like, I was riding by the library in my area the other day, and you know, obviously, it's a that was a public polling place for early voting or whatever. And like, I was laughing, like I bust out laughing so hard. I seen I seen Donald Trump fool ass. It was a cutout, and he just standing there in the bushes. <laughs> I'm like, man, you you don't get Donald Trump fool ass out the bushes. But, because uh, you're not you're not supposed to Trump have you're not supposed to support a party at a public uh, at a polling place, right? The polling place should be neutral of propaganda, right? Yeah, it was, uh, and that's what I'm getting to. Uh, there was a big old Black Lives Matter flag there. Uh, the, the, the unique thing about the Black Lives Matter flag, it was a rainbow flag. Um, and I'm not going to get into that this episode, but it was a Black Lives Matter flag. It said Black Lives Matter on a big-ass rainbow flag. And right across the driveway was the Donald Trump cutout, and you see a bunch of, you know, magas and shit. But it was, it was a lot of... You say neutral, yeah. It was a lot of um, political campaigning going on. Like it was, you say, you know, it it was neutral. Like you could, you could tell that it was more Trump supporters out there. But you've seen a significant amount of Biden, Harris. You've seen a significant amount of blue and red. So, um, yeah, I, I do, I do believe that when you're going into a polling place, it's better to be as an individual to be you know, neutral, meaning you don't have a MAGA hat on and you don't have a Biden Harris shirt on. But at, at that point, man, you start you start walking into that era of freedom of speech. Like if freedom of speech is okay at Walmart, why isn't okay? Why isn't why isn't it okay in a polling place? Like that's just freedom of speech, man. Like and I, I really I really I really hate that freedom of speech only becomes a topic when people are discussing hateful things but the fact of the matter is man like low key man freedom freedom of speech protects a lot regardless of how people feel about freedom of speech but freedom of speech respects it it it, it means freedom of speech means a lot to me because if if there was no freedom of speech me and jay wouldn't be right here with this podcast mm-hmm. like i know a lot of people don't agree with everything we say and and uh, and and uh, and that's kind of why I feel like this episode was necessary to come in with a a head of clearness because I know our last episode was probably kind of I would call it raggedy 
just based on the fact that we kind of <laughs> stumbled all over the place. <laughs> but um, I really, once again, talking about the divided states of America, I, I really hate where we've come with, I'm going to go ahead and say cancel culture. I think cancel culture is the most bitch-ass shit on the on this on, that's the most bitch ass shit trending that's been trending the last five years maybe and the reason cancel culture is just some bitch ass shit to me is because it really shows zero tolerance for shit that is low-key trivial at times and um i've never i, I tell people know me man like i never was a i'm never i'm still not a huge fan of lil wayne Mm-hmm. The nigga, the, the nigga talented as fuck. I just, I never connected with his music like that on the level of like a lot of my friends. Like, I had a lot of homeboys that were wheezy fanatics, bro. Like, literally, low key, some of them became wheezy. Um, but wheezy is one of those people that has been in the cancel circuit off and on for quite a while now. And it's getting to the point where it's like annoying now. Like, I'm like, bruh, if it wasn't for y'all, um, I wouldn't. Hey, bro, what the fuck, man? Andy Dalton had a concussion. Oh, they lit Andy Dalton the fuck up. I didn't know that. Yeah. Excuse my ADHD. I just got a notification that said he's not starting, so that was weird. But, I don't want to um, talk about it. And I have forgotten. I understand. Um, but honestly, I wouldn't know shit about the Wayne thing. I think my, my brother had texted me something and I think that you had put something in the group chat, but, um, all in all, I guess Wayne is, I guess Wayne is a Trump supporter because of some shit that he saw with the Biden tax cuts that kind of left him feeling a little weary. And he also said that, Hey man, Trump talked to me. Um, and I want to just point out the fact that on last episode, I was talking about how people get naked in order to feel seen. And the whole purpose of that conversation was to just say that everybody feels like they have something to say. Everybody wants to be heard. And a lot of people will go to extremes in order to be heard. But when we're talking politics and we're talking about the black voice, it's kind of wild to me how multiple celebrities are coming out saying that, man, when I was trying to talk to Democrats, they really wasn't trying to talk to me. I was trying to talk to, you know, Democrats in important positions and they just kind of brushed me off. I believe Ice Cube said it first. Mm-hmm. Not sure what 50 Cent said, but I believe Ice Cube was like, man, I was trying to have discussions. I was trying to meet up with them and they didn't want to talk. They was like, Trump was eager to talk. That type of shit to me is, you know, that's similar to getting naked because once again, I understand that Wayne was in the council circuit for a long time. But the fact of the matter is when you go to these lengths, because Wayne does, let's be 100 here. Wayne doesn't need attention. Wayne has gotten attention since he was 15 years old. 15, right? Yeah, about 14, Wayne, 15. Wayne was rapping since 14, 15? Yeah. Okay. Wayne is successful. If he I was is. to if I was to categorize Wayne as anything, he's very successful. You can cancel a person as evil as that is, but 
his success and his legacy is is set in stone. Mm-hmm. There's nothing like there. Like Wayne has inspired so many. When if if you don't get Wayne, you're gonna get somebody that's gonna remind you of Wayne. So, once again, cancel culture is is useless. But the thing that was the the reason I brought it up is because the thing that's unique to me is like since the beginning, since the birth of No Boundary Podcast, I've always said that I I hate talking about celebrities, and I think celebrity worship is 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 a dangerous. Thing that we should really low-key try to abolish immediately. But I was saying that before celebrities were supporting any type of politician, because I think one of the dumbest things you can do is let a celebrity sway your vote. How do you feel? <laughs> All right. Let me first start on um, touch on council culture. And I don't know if we talked about this on the show. We just had this as a sidebar. But um, the whole Tory Lanez, Meg the Stallion thing, where they was, where I would see on social media people, specifically women, saying, "Oh, I see how men really do support us when you know they're jamming Tory Lanez's new album after what he did to Meg." And then I brought up, I was like, "But it's also women that jam Chris Brown's music after what he did to Rihanna." And to me, in that sentiment, it's like saying. You're, you're justifying Chris Brown because he's a bigger artist. You're justifying Chris Brown because he's more popular. And I don't think those two things are too similar for you to say, well, this was okay in this situation, but not okay in this situation. When, truth be told, you don't have the facts of what, what happened between Tory Lane and Meg The Stallion. You have two people saying two different things. When it comes to Chris Brown and Rihanna, you have two people that got into a physical altercation that happened to be man and woman. And to me, preach, preach. that council culture, if you're going to cancel one, you need to cancel the other. Because now, like they like to pull up politicians voting records. Well, you voted this way for, you know, in these in these situations, you know, seven, eight times consecutively. Well, here you are. You're changing your vote now because, yeah, at the time you were outraged with Chris Brown. So is that just water under the bridge now? Does that mean Tory can come back in five or six years and then it's just water under the bridge and you don't care about it anymore? And to me, that's saying what kind of value are y'all putting on yourselves? You're worried about the value that men are putting on women. What is the value that you're putting on yourself? You're, you're sitting there and you're pointing pointing with fingers when you should be pointing with thumbs. But now to move on to celebrities uh, endorsing politicians. I don't think you should let a celebrity sway your vote because you have to realize celebrities might be selling you a dream that they not buying behind back door. And 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 that's why I kind of like I respect 50 for what he said. Say you trying to you trying to do what? These are the tax numbers you're trying to bring out? Nah. Nah, you don't you don't get my vote because that's affecting my bottom line. We're voting for our bottom lines. And 50 was just straight up, oh, you want to do a 62% tax in New York? I can't vote for you. That doesn't that doesn't sustain my my life. And I respect him for doing that instead of saying, oh yeah, y'all go vote Democrats. Y'all, you know, y'all vote for Biden, y'all do this. But when I really sit down here and I talk behind closed doors to my people, a vote for Biden is a vote against myself. Yeah, it might be a vote for quote unquote what we call what we consider to be the, the majority of of my people. 
but it's also a vote for myself. So I'm sacrificing myself for y'all or y'all sacrificing y'allself for me because y'all bootlegging music now. There's no there there are no concerts, so artists aren't, artists aren't touring anymore. They're not making the money that they used to make, and now now that I'm not making the money I used to make, I'm still trying. I'm still taxed at a higher bracket, so that's more money and more money and more money out of my pocket. And I talk I talk about my I talk about this to my Republican friends and stuff that that just vote straight tickets all the time. Because I can, you can be a Republican and I can be a Democrat, or I can be a Republican and you can be a Democrat, and that has nothing to do with our friendship. I, I talked to my one friend, she's a Republican, and when um, Black Lives Matter was going on, she asked her coworker, who happened to be a black woman, she's like, you know, what can I do to support? What can, you know, how can I help, you know, use my influence, my white privilege to support, support you and the cause? She said, vote for Biden. Okay, I get that. But a vote for Biden isn't a vote for my husband, my kids, and our well-being, especially since my husband works in the oil field and Democrats are historically against oil. They want to move more towards natural resources. So to vote for you to help you is to hurt myself. In what world are we in where that is the logical thing to do? <laughs> I, I mean... You made me realize that I said a mouthful earlier. I'm trying. I'm gonna try not to say a mouthful again. Uh, if I go in there and I vote for Kanye, um, what does that mean? What is that like? If if I if I read his policies and I like his policies and I go in there and vote for Kanye, is Jennifer Aniston right? Is she saying that I'm a clown and I'm, I'm wasting the vote? Is that right? No, no. If you voted, if you voted with your what you feel, I don't feel like it's a wasted vote. So, in general, why why does an individual vote? Why do you vote? I feel, one, it's my civic duties, and I feel like my ancestors did this, went through so much shit to give me the right to vote that it's almost disrespectful for me not to. And, and, I, and I respect that. Um, so with that. So So with that, with knowing that, when you go vote, you're voting... When you said bottom line earlier, but what's a, what's another word you could use for bottom line for people that probably are not familiar with what that means? Like you say, I'm voting for the bottom line. What's the bottom line? For because Stone my, Cold said so. <laughs> my financial stability, my morals, <laughs> what's going to keep me living the life that I'm currently living and living a better life going forward. Preach, preach. Okay, okay, I like that. Um. Once again, I res I like that. I respect that. I think that makes sense. I think anybody that goes into a polling place to vote on November third, and they walk out with that "I vote" sticker that they're so proud of, I think that hopefully they vote with the mindset of. And to to be honest with you, I feel like in a sense, in the moment that you're voting, realistically, you should be voting in a selfish manner, because. You're voting, like you said, for your morals, your beliefs, the betterment of your life. Like, and, and you could say the betterment of your life and the life around you, but let's let's be 100 here. Like, all of us in the group chat are in different tax brackets. So if you're voting, like 50 said, because you realize that that tax cut ain't what's up with you, can I can I think about, you know? Jay Mark in that moment? Can I think about Ed in that moment? 
like like they they do they do their taxes affect me or or my taxes you know it's about my taxes it's about the betterment of my life correct yeah i would think so so i'm just like so so the, I, I truthfully believe that if i'm really being 100 cuz i know you and mahad had told me to watch the um what's your boy's name with the uh, patriot act Hassan Minaj. Yeah, and he was talking about people doing voting wrong, and uh, me personally, no, you know, I'm not a fan of his. But you know, I, I wouldn't I say he was talking about people doing voting wrong. I would say he's talking about the system being wrong. The, the yeah, the system, the, yeah, the system as well. And when you see the system, that encourages when when you see how he presented the system, that to me can present people to vote a certain way. And I think. It's interesting to me that some people vote with a, with a collectivist mindset. I mean, it's cool that you that people vote that way, but I also think that it's weird because once again, if you're voting for the group and the group doesn't really reflect you, then isn't your vote a waste at that point? Like, are you, you are you voting for what you believe in, or are you just voting because you want to appease the people around you? And in all honesty, if I was to, if I'm answering that question, I think most people, when I when I was on social media, I, it always looks like most people are voting for the people around them, and I feel like that's like this. They have like this this sense of, oh man, I got to make sure that my people good with this vote. And I, in the back of my mind, I'd be wanting to ask those same people, like, shit. Well, what else are you willing to do for your people? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, you're willing to vote because you believe that the people around you need, you know, affirmative action laws to be better or something. All right, that's that's noble, that's cool. Um, but in that same in that same vein, um, will though will, is your vote helping to economically advance? these people that you care about? And if, if it's not, are you willing to, if you're in a higher position, help them out personally? Meaning, are you willing to put money into their pockets? To put are up or shut up. to give them, you know? Because I'm really starting to feel like people use voting as, I think the I vote sticker is a virtue signal. I think it's, I think it's a virtue signal. I think that nationally, because I don't know if they do it in other countries when they vote. I think that's an American thing. I think the I vote sticker is it's cringy, but I understand that you go in there, you get the sticker, you're proud that you you know you did your you like you said your ancestors fought long and hard for this, and it's my civic duty, and I'm gonna represent, and I'm gonna put my I vote sticker on. With all that. If if you if the next you know if election you know the election results come in and your guy doesn't win like how does that make a per how does that make you feel like you still feel like well at least I went in there and put in the effort like okay does now, it, now does it give does it give you, you that do um well I voted so I have the right to complain I pay taxes I have the right to complain Whew. I'm an American I have the right to complain that's a bar I mean I'm not. I'm just saying, like, that's similar to cancel culture. And, and I feel like the people that say that, 
they're the ones that connect the cancel culture the most. They're the ones that are quick to say, well, if you don't vote, then your opinion doesn't matter. That's the same as if I don't agree with you, your opinion doesn't matter. So if I vote and I vote for a person that you don't you don't want me to vote for, then my opinion still doesn't matter. So how do I win? Cancel culture is a lose lose. Yeah. It's a lose lose. Like like you, you said, know, you you, so, you appease the masses, but you don't really appease yourself. I did I did what was best for everybody else. I didn't do what was best for me. Hey man, I'm either gonna write in Kanye or I'm gonna write in Marshall Mathers, <laughs> just to be an asshole. <laughs> because because it, it no, depending depending on what you stand on. Let's say you, let's let's take it back to Fifty Cent and say, all right, you're talking about the the tax cuts, and he's like, you know what? I'm still gonna vote for Joe Biden because in New York my vote matters and. You know, if he wins, I'm saying that basically in the long run, I'm saying I can afford to lose money. I don't know any person walking and breathing, even Jeff Bezos, if he started losing too much money, he's going to say, hold the fuck on. Like nobody out here can afford to lose money. <laughs> Bro. The way people act. And the way people cancel shit, because niggas canceled Gucci a couple years ago, but I still still hear rappers talking about it but that's another story for another day the way people cancel shit i really feel like i'd see less black black people wearing nike if they knew that your, your boy was a was a was an avid trump supporter uh what's his name philip knight phil, phil knight. knight phil knight is an avid trump phil knight is an avid trump supporter i think that they would cancel pretend to cancel nike quicker if they figured out he was a trump supporter versus Knowing that they have Uyghur Muslims in in other countries in sweatshops putting together these these products, and I think that that's baffling because you have a political party that pretends to care so much about the people they they care they they pretend to care so much about humanity, but then these same people, it's almost like it's a it's a threshold it's. It's like like you said earlier, it was like, well, I'm gonna give him a pass because he's Chris Brown, he's a bigger celebrity. So it's like Uyghur Muslims, who the what the fuck is that? Like, just give me my Jordans, bruh. I don't care. But it's like, hold up. The owner of Nike's a Trump supporter? Nah. He's with the Republican Party? Nah. I can't wear Nikes no more. So it's like, hold on. You you don't value human life, but on the other hand, if somebody doesn't <laughs> connect with your ideal, it's just, just can you make it make sense? I just I don't I don't understand the logic with people in, in this country. Like I tell people all the time, like bro, like American American Amer the American democracy is not a democracy. America is a corporation. The soul of this country is sold to the highest bidder, and the individuals in this country, when they, in my honest opinion, when they cast their vote, they're casting their vote for the person that they feel will be will, will make a better will make a better negotiation with whoever's going to buy the soul of this country. And I've said it before. It, I'm just saying. I've said it before. Like, if you're on the Democratic side, it's a possibility that you're more in line with China owning this country. If you're on the Republican side, you're supposedly more in line with Russia owning this country. Like, that's how I see it. 
both communist parties, but that's another story also. <laughs> uh, but, um, like, I get it. Like, everybody has this ideal that they're doing something that's going to further the betterment of this nation. It's going to but, shake up the world. Yeah, it's, I'm telling you, that's how, that was my mindset when I went in to be a teacher, bro. Like, I went in to be a teacher as an individual thinking, oh, man, I'm I'm going to I'm going to make change. I'm going to come in with this with this mindset of, you know, kids going to come back to me 10 years like from now, like man, you changed my life. And then I went in there and I'm like, you people just want me to be an android. <laughs> you people just want me to just shell out a bunch of information that I don't believe in and lie to these kids. I, I I'm not going to lie. I don't lie to my son. I'm not going to lie to these kids. You know, like that's just not something I sign up for. And, and I'm definitely I'm definitely gonna put some whole music over this too as ahead. well. But um, it's kind of like you use, hold on, talking about talking about you use whole music already. Oh yeah, I've used it already. Oh shit, I missed it. Go ahead. It's, it's kind of like. Whole music is over. Let me dip it to my historical honcho bag. <laughs> a lot of you, a lot, a lot of you, a lot of you pretend to be woke, and I, I tell people all the time, I'm not woke at all. I, you know, I like to take naps. I, you know, I actually was hooping yesterday, and I realized if I don't get a full seven, eight hours of sleep, I'm trashed on the court. So um, I slept pretty well last night, so I could be prepared for this show because I feel like mentally, when I step to any to any playing field, I have to be well rested. Okay. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> in the seven, people people always talk about. I was talking to J Mark about this, and I was telling people like, people always talk about the nineteen twenties, the Oklahoma riots. And I realized on Lovecraft Country that, you know, they went back to that time period. And I realized on on Watchmen that was like a, a part of the show. And I'm just always like, man, you know, why are they always talking about that instance? Like, why are they always talking about that particular riot? I get it. You know, people try to connect it to the fact that the, 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 the economic well-being of African-Americans was very special at that time. And, and white people came and ruined it. Bruh, that's really a one-off situation <laughs> that, in my honest opinion... In my honest opinion, I mean, yeah, you know, you don't you don't downplay it, but that was one of many. And this is the perfect example of them telling you what they want you to know. A long time ago, in the 70s, year, you talk about shit not changing. You had that, and then you had multiple riots that happened after that. But you fast forward 50 years later in the 70s, you had this dude named John Africa. He had a movement. And it was called Move. His movement was called Move. And that definitely sounds familiar. This movement was, yeah. What happened? I said that definitely sounds familiar. Yeah, Move. M O V E. It's not even an acronym. It's just it's just Move. Um, his whole thing was, you know, he was basically anti-capitalist. He had came back from the war, and when he came back from the war, you know, he 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 was in the Korean War. And he, he always kind of reflected on, you know, his connection with the environment at that time. And his whole mindset was, you know, hey, I want to, I can't, he came back, he wanted to be more connected with the earth. 
he would he was more of a what they call like anarcho primitive and um his his ideology was basically you could say like a mixture of black panther and peter um and he was out there in west philadelphia bro and i think his his whole his whole thing his whole vibe was kind of similar to how david koresh had his Davidian compound in Waco. And I'm not saying that he was marrying little kids and shit like that, but for the most part, he basically had a compound in West Philadelphia. This guy was an illiterate. This guy really, you know, if he really had ideals that in, in all, in my honest opinion, were just naturally good ideals to some. And, I think he was seen as a threat just as much as Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, Bobby Seale, Huey P. Like he was, he was seen as that much of a threat, bro. He, he was seen as so much of a threat that the United States government dropped the bomb on his fucking compound. And people barely talk about that shit. The United States motherfucking government dropped a bomb on this man's facility and they talk about the Waco shit way more than you'll ever hear about John Africa's shit that happened in Philadelphia. When they talk about people dropping like, like they was like, you know, shooting missiles and shit in Oklahoma, bro, you think about the 1920s and you think about how that was shit. At that point, it was people that was probably, had just dealt with literally literal slavery at that time. Matter of fact, it was places that were still practicing slavery at that fucking time to an extent. But then you fast forward 50 years later after civil rights and then you thinking to yourself, man, shit has changed. We had civil rights movement. Martin Luther King then died. This and that. You fast forward May 13th, 1980 motherfucking five. I was alive. <laughs> a lot of us were alive. Mm -hmm. And you got the United States government dropping a bomb on a place because they saw it as a threat, bro. And it was because it was a black man that was actually unifying black people in a peaceful way. And you Come on. And insanity, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. You know what? Ten the, years later, you got Martin Luther King in his ass beat, bro. <laughs> Alright, go ahead, man. But you know what you learned <laughs> what you learned as a as a government from the acts of Martin Luther King and Malcolm X? The best way to neutralize a threat is to catch it early. Bro. The, Bro, I literally, I, I, I know I've told you this before, but my son, he just started working. He's a, he's a subway employee of all places. And he was, it was something that happened and it related to his job. And like, I literally told him something similar to that. I'm like, dog, the best way to combat a problem or something that can become a problem is to get ahead of it. 
that way, that way, people don't even realize the problem was about to happen. All they can think to themselves is they they focus on that moment, not knowing that you was on some predestined shit. You were they they was on some a. If we don't stop this shit now, this shit can be fucking real. Like this shit can get real. What John Africa had going on was some real shit. What Bobby Seldon had going on was some real. That was some real shit. They had to break that shit up. And I keep telling people, when that shit real, bruh, when that shit real, real, the government stops that shit quickly. That's why I keep telling people, bro, Black Lives Matter ain't what people think it is, dog. That movement not what people think it is, because if it really was, they would have been shut it that down. That shit would have been stopped years ago. They would have been shut that shit down. But people don't get that, though. They just label you a tinfoil hack conspiracy. It's like, hey, man, whatever. Whatever. You know? In the, in the end, we're going to see. Like, the people that live through this era and people see what comes of this era, we're going to see. Because we all know that you ask the average person right now, what is move? They're going to look at you like, huh? What's that? Huh? What's that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know Black Panther. Like, Black Panthers got became mainstream. And to be honest with you, Black Panther became mainstream because the government didn't handle that shit quick enough. Mm-hmm. But if they wanted to, they could have shut that shit down really quick. But... Low key, low key, Black Panthers became mainstream, and then they kind of got romanticized. But when you really look at what the Black Panthers accomplished, like, like what what did they really accomplish? Just saying. I mean, I mean, because when you think about it, like, low, like in some instances, you'd want to believe that. The civil rights activists like your like your Rosa Parks, your Malcolm X, and you know quite a few others, in some instances, it kind of felt like they wanted to be detached from Black Panthers because the Black Panthers were too militant. Mm-hmm. Just saying, you know what I'm saying. So when it all comes down to it, the Black Panthers really came and went, but they're romanticized because they're they're fairly easy they're fairly easy to remember, like Bobby Seal, you know what I'm saying? He would be like niggas remember that shit, but once again. They 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 did some things that you couldn't deny their presence. I mean, I can say Black Black Lives Matter is doing the same thing, but but Black Lives Matter been around for a minute, bro. Black Lives Matter been around for a little while, and I think they're gonna be around for a while too. That's because they have that backing that a lot of these other Black movements never had, and that that speaks volumes. That speaks volumes, dog. But uh. I'm trying to avoid saying a mouthful again, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, you said something earlier when you was telling the story, bro, and you were saying about how this girl was on, I guess, YouTube or whatever, and she was talking about how she was dating a guy that was, a, a I guess, an accused rapist, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And then she kind of felt like, oh, this is a gotcha moment because you're voting for a president that is similar. Mm-hmm. Correct. Correct. Um, that's that's an interesting situation to me because I think that 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 proves another point about how people have this flexible morality. It's like, as a parent, if I know my child is in immediate danger, <laughs> that kind of sets off a different alarm bell. 
Okay, wait, you know wait, but wait. Like, maybe I didn't like, communicate that appropriately. She she was doing that intentionally, like she wasn't dating this guy or anything like that. But she was she was using that as an example to kind of expose her parents' political beliefs. Correct. Yeah. Flexible morality. Okay. If as a parent, if as an uncle, P Town came to you and told you, you know, as she starts dating and she tells you, you know, yeah, you know, my my my, my boyfriend, you know. He he he's 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 in you know going to court right now because they they they're trying to say that he he sexually assaulted a child, or something along those lines. But you know I know he's innocent. Blah blah blah. As as your uncle, as the uncle, Uncle Jay. Hypothetical or not, how do you feel about that situation? It it, it it's a cause for concern because it's like how do you know for a fact that he's innocent? He's just telling you that he's innocent, but it's like. Hold on, pump the brakes. Like, and even if a court says he's he's innocent, is he really innocent? Because courts fuck up all the time. So yeah, you I have a cause for concern. You figure out Jay Z out here stabbing bitches. <laughs> is Jay Z not considered to be your favorite rapper anymore? It's true. Like I I, I still would put him in, as, as my favorite rapper. <laughs> You took that a different. You took the. You took that a different way because I thought you were gonna talk about uh, about the teacher sleeping with the kids, and you do remember the one from way back when. That I was like, man, she just too goddamn cute to be out here fucking with these kids. That's where I thought you were going. <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> no, I'm just. <laughs> I, I think I think low key. I mean, I look at shit like it is what it is. Like, is Chris Brown. A, a, a woman abuser I, I've always said to me for Chris Brown to get to that point and I'm not excuse, excusing his behavior all I'm saying is for Chris Brown to get to that point they had a I think they had a violent relationship and I think oh, they're yeah. both to blame for that shit yeah, they both you know, they were putting hands, putting hands on each other far. exactly and I just feel like with, with, with my own eyes I've witnessed toxic relationships similar to theirs so I don't think that it's far fetched for them to abuse each other, and it just happened to be on a Grammy night, and it just happened to be the wrong place, the wrong time. So I could kind of understand why females um, have forgiven him. You know why? Because they're the type of people that probably do that shit. They probably abuse their boyfriends. Or, or in the sense that to forgive Chris Brown, I have to forgive Rihanna. That, that too. Or you have to, that or you too. have to put some accountability on her name. For sure, for, for sure, and 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 for the people out, if there are men out there that are actively going out to support Trump because he's a freaking rapist or whatever they want to say he is, that's on some weirdo shit. But if they're the type of people that are forgiving and make a look past the fact that oh, he you know he didn't had a a couple of accusations, but I'm gonna look past that because I I view his policies as detrimental for my well being. I'm gonna have to look past that. I mean, this is this is the candidate I have. I mean, once again, America is known for voting for the lesser of two evils. Mm-hmm. You know, that's 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 what we're known for. So once you once you play the game of American politics, that's basically what you're doing because we 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 both know that neither Biden or Trump are clean when it comes to how they how they treat women. Both of them have checkered past. So when you go in there and actively choose a side, you're choosing a. I mean, it's, just, it's the same coin. So 
I feel where old girl is coming from, but that's a wild, that's a wild, that's a wild morality test when you're talking about your parents. Your parents don't have this concern with the president because the president means no harm to you, technically. Like, well, you're not in the direct, immediate space as the president. Your boyfriend, you going, you you hanging out with him. You gonna call me one day. You gonna have a motherfucker. You gonna be half dead in the hospital, and you gonna be wondering why I was concerned. See that that. That hit that hits a, a different morality nerve. Mm-hmm. So once again, as a parent, I feel like that was a that was a a weird gotcha moment. But of course, the internet probably celebrates that shit and it probably went viral. I haven't seen it, but sounds it sounds pretty unique. Like I said, man, Americans are funny people, dog. Americans, Americans, I, I for years and years, I've heard so many Americans say, man, if I vote for a president, I want to vote for somebody that's not a politician. I heard that for years and years growing up. And, and you then you get somebody get that's not a politician. And you upset. It's like, oh, no, no, no not that politician. <laughs> and it was like, man, y'all got to understand something, man. It, you you definitely, if the politician wasn't on the side you wanted her to be on, as far as the non-politician goes, I mean, you was going to be mad. Um, Look, man. I don't know what I don't know what's going on in this world, but I know one thing. When's the last time you heard of a bomb being dropped on another country by us? Like I, I want to say, mother of all bombs was that dropped in like 2016? You you know you historical honcho. Don't don't get me down that rabbit hole. Oh my bad, man. I was just I was just I was just trying to see if you knew, <laughs> man. I could be wrong, but dog, it's been about it's been about three or four years since the bomb has been dropped on another country that they've that they've made us aware are we in a, of. Are we in a, that they made us aware of for sure, for sure. And, I, and from, from what I understand, are we in an active war right now? Besides the civil, besides the little minute civil war that's trying to brew in America. Not to my knowledge, not to, not that they've made me aware of, no. Not that they made exactly, exactly, um, bruh. When I say there were so many bombs dropped on Afghanistan, Iraq, Yemen, Libya, and Syria in the course of from 2000 to 2016, bruh, it don't make no motherfucking sense. So for Americans to be this anti-war country and to, to be so hippie, like, I'm really surprised that that's not talked about that much. There's so much focus on this this war that's happening, the war that's happening on our turf that nobody talks about the fact that it really seems like as far as like, you know, around the globe, like there is not a lot of war happening. So that leads, and that's not props to Trump or anything at all, but that just leads me to think that the media is truly the enemy of the people, bro. Like they don't talk about that enough to where I feel like that should be celebrated somewhat. But I think, think that, it'll be bad timing because if they were to celebrate it, that means that you have to celebrate it with Trump. And I think that <laughs> just saying, bro, like I looked, I was in the gym the other day and like, I, I it was my first time actually seeing CNN in a long time. And I seen, it was Fox news and CNN on at the same time. And I was looking at Fox news and Fox news. They was just direct reporting. You know, they were just talking what they talk. And I look over here at CNN and I'm like, damn bro, they got a fucking coronavirus ticker. Like, they let you know how many cases there are and how many deaths there are. And I'm just like, 
how can somebody sit here and watch this? Like, there's a goddamn. It's almost like a like it's almost like they're celebrating the fact that the coronavirus is like ripping through the world. And I was like, man, I remember when Bush was in office, and the and the the war on terror was going on, and they used to have a ticker of how many American soldiers died. Mm-hmm. And I'd be sitting here like, damn, that's fucked up. Like every time somebody has to look at this ticker or look at the screen on CNN. They got to be reminded that their kid was killed in the war. I'm like, that's not really cool when you think about it. And it's like, is that how they want to play this? Like, you're literally, in a sense, celebrating the deaths of people based on the fact that you want to remind people that this is your, you want to remind people or you want to insinuate that this is your president's fault. Mm -hmm. That's wild, bro. And but you you have to like, be from a, a specific demographic to be able to profit, whether that be money or attention, off of death. Well, you got to be a special kind of callous to even want to profit off of death, bro. That's why you. I couldn't be a gun store owner. I couldn't be a crack dealer. I couldn't be. I couldn't be a. a a back alley doctor. Like I couldn't rock like that, bro. Like I've done my high, I've done my crimes in my time. Like in, in most of the shit that I've done, like I really can walk away and say, well, shit, I ain't kill nobody. Mm -hmm. like, <laughs> that's something to be proud of. But like to be, to be in a situation where you just don't some, we got to remind them that niggas out here dying. Like, and they say, and they, and they low key, they do that shit proudly, bro. That shit's scary, dog. Like, I'm going to say it again, dog. The media is the enemy of the people, bro. I don't care what channel you watching. You watch MSNBC, Fox, uh, ABC, old snitch ass. I, I don't care. They don't give a fuck about you. And the only thing they trying to do is, is, is play on your heartstrings, bro. And that shit wild, dog. Like, it's almost as if. There is no, there is no truly. I almost feel like the only people that could, that can gain money off of peace is the church. Like they're the only ones that really uh, profit off of peace, in a sense. And I feel like if churches could do it, anybody can do it. I just don't understand why, why all this negative, all this negative news is so, is so highlighted. But, anyways, I, I'm gonna go off on a tangent if I go in that direction. <laughs> Who you think gonna win November third, bro? Um, I got the Lakers over um the Seventy Sixers in six games. Uh, Anthony Davis is gonna be the Come Finals on, MVP. Talk about November third, twenty twenty, my guy. Oh shit! <laughs> you remember that movie Head of State? Where um they got Tracy Morgan at the end, and he's like, and he's like, who you oh, who you ass. who you voting for? For what? For president of what? The United States of America. Which America? North America. Look, man, you trying to buy these pork chops or not? Go, <laughs> <laughs> oh, bro. <laughs> Dog. Come over here with that bullshit. Say I hate when people ask me. I don't know, man. I, I don't know. It's it's I, I I really I really feel like it's a toss up, honestly. 
Yeah, man. I really, I'm gonna say this. Personally, I don't give a shit who wins, but I can say this. In a sense, if Joe Biden wins, I do wonder what motherfuckers gonna report about. I do, I do. That's the thing that I'm curious about as far as the social media influencers that circle jerk the anti-Trump shit. I do wonder what CNN's gonna report about. I do believe. I I, I wonder if if C, places like CNN and I, I wonder if I wonder if they finally get what they want. Will media reporting become positive? I know the answer, but I wonder if we get a sense of normalcy again if the Democrats get what they want. Now, if Republicans win, do do I think that these news networks? will be kind of happy because they remain relevant and they have something to report about and they, and and all eyes are on them continue to be on them. Will the coronavirus ticker go away? <laughs> you know, like I, I really, like, or, 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 or will they, I mean, what's going to be the next angle? I mean, the impeachment thing didn't work. The Russia collusion thing was with drop dead, you know, grabbing by the pussy didn't, didn't get them, you know, not didn't it still got them? They still got an office. Mm-hmm. So I, I just really wonder, you know, what how society is gonna behave. You know, that's that's my main thing. So I don't care who wins. I just I'm just curious about the 90 days after the the election. I really wonder how things are gonna be. Uh, I'm anxious actually because uh, this is an interesting one, just based on the fact that as I've been alive, I've never witnessed a president more hated, but also as celebrated. Like people celebrate Trump in a in an interesting way. And I understand black people celebrated Obama, but I think that was more of a an ideal. That was more of a oh look where we are now. It it, it had president. less to do with politics. It had less way to less. do with, with politics way and more to do with humanity. Yeah. Yeah. Um and I think I think so many people were just ha- I think a lot of white people too were, yeah man they thought we got a black president now these niggas can shut the fuck up like <laughs> I low key feel like that's how some of them feel it's, I really do it's like damn we, you know, we 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 gave y'all one you know I really feel like that's how a lot of them felt and I ain't even mad at them for feeling that way but um. Yeah, man. Like I said, dog, I, I I personally don't care. Um, but uh, congratulations to the L.A. Dodgers. I, I truthfully believed it. I didn't think they were gonna win. I thought Clayton Kershaw was gonna was gonna go winless. Hey, but, uh, Joe that, Kelly. That was cool Joe Kelly see. can eat my dick. Damn. Who you? Why you beefed up like that? Nah, man. Fuck Joe Kelly. Hey, man. I'm just gonna go on a word of advice, bro. You out here wilding. Plexed up, man. Um, I don't got time for that, bro. This is this is a we supposed to be no boundary podcast, a show of positivity and enlightenment and education. We provide goodness to the people in podcast form. Y'all remember, dog. Joseph William Mike, Kelly Mike Jr. can eat my dick. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> His whole government name. And if he got hey, beef, a fight come with that. Go. Okay, okay, man. You know, you know how we doing out here. We shooting. <laughs> but, uh, 
Y'all remember, man, if you got comments, man, leave them on the SoundCloud. We, we are on Amazon. We are on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, you know, the purple logo on your phone that you ignore from time to time and you probably get notifications from us. You should click on it. Um, in all honesty, whatever candidate you that you voted for, I hope they win um, because no matter who wins, I'll make the necessary adjustments in my life um, to, to, to stay on top. That's that's what I'll do as an individual, and I hope you guys do the same. Um, remember, subscribe. Just like you subscribe to a candidate, subscribe to us. We're good guys. We mean we mean we mean well. Um, my words of advice. It comes from a TV show that a lot of you guys probably don't watch because you're lame. But it goes like this. Bojack. See, when I say Bojack, I just want to, I want you to imagine that I'm just saying your name. You say Bojack, when you get sad, you run straight, straight ahead, and you keep running forward no matter what. There are people in your life who are going to try to hold you back, slow you down, but you don't let them. Don't you stop running and don't you ever look behind you. There's nothing for you behind you. All that exists is what's ahead. Secretariat. That's all I got, man. I just I, I like that so much, man. Even though even though somebody was telling me that that's actually a, a toxic philosophy, but hey, man, pull first ahead, man. Just keep going. Don't don't let the don't let the bastards get you down. Everything everything is toxic these days. It's, it's, it's the the most popular buzzword ever now. Any anytime somebody's <laughs> doing, doing something that that you don't agree with, their their, their behavior is toxic. Toxic. Yeah, you're right. Right. Um, my words of advice to kind of go with the theme of this whole entire episode are a wise man makes his own decisions. An ignorant man follows public opinion. <laughs> Preach. Preach. I mean, if you if you didn't if you hear that and you don't understand, then you just need to run this back from the beginning. But it's all I got for that. Well, thank you, and you're welcome. Um, and with that being said, this has been the No Boundaries Podcast. Thank you for listening. But ever since the dawn of civilization, people have craved for an understanding of the underlying order of the world. There ought to be something very special about the boundary conditions of the universe. And what can be more special than that there is no boundary?